Hi everyone and welcome to another Giant Sisters podcast with Joe Brothers. Today I'm talking with Hong Huang. Hong is a multimedia mogul holding the titles of publisher, author, blogger, podcast and TV presenter. Huang is known as the Oprah of China and is considered to have the same influence over fashion in China as Anna Winter. Hwang has a New Zealand connection, partnering with Tourism New Zealand to promote Destination New Zealand to the Chinese travel market and has visited New Zealand several times. Welcome, Hwang. Thank you, Joe. Happy to be here. Thank you. Now, um, I understand and from my readings and um, talking to our dear mutual friend, um, Helen, that you have a very interesting family background and childhood. Are you able to please tell us a bit about your background and your, your parents and your experiences growing up? I think my experience um, was very unique in China in the fact that um, even though I was born in 1961, I managed to grow up half of the time in the United States and half of the time in China, right. which is very common today because a lot of Chinese are sending their kids abroad to mm. study. Um, but it was very rare in the 1970s. And it only happened because at the time my mother was married to the then foreign minister of China, my stepfather. Okay. Um, and so that obviously had political connections and a lot of um, um, a lot of um, sort of privileges that came with high-ranking um, government officials. Yes, and. Um, Although it was a government program, I think the fact that I come from some kind of political background did help me to get into the program. Um, so I was sent to the United States to study English in New York in 1973. So I attended junior high school and high school in New York. Um, right. And after that, I came back to China I finished high school here and started working um, in a job that is very similar to what we're doing right now. I was on Chinese radio wow. as an announcer, so, yeah. so that was my first paid job. Um, and then afterwards, um, I left to go to university in the United States. Um, and then I graduated in 1984 and started working. and. Most of the time, my work has something to do with China and international business and mm. so on and so forth. Yep, that's pretty much my background. Right. And if we're looking at the power of intention, did you design your life and career path or do you feel like it evolved? It totally evolved on its own. I kind of, I think I was a latecomer in terms of awareness about designing one's own life and desire and being in control of it yes. and and being goal oriented um i kind of went along with the flow rather than meticulously planned out my life but yes. it turned out okay actually absolutely Fantastic. And what would you say that you're the most passionate about? If I said to you, you know, what is the one thing you'd love to see happen that you're working towards? What would what would that be? Well, there are several things that I'm working towards in China. Mm -hmm. um, one is definitely 
a kind of a higher level of consumer consciousness about environment. Yes. About、um, consumption, so、mm-hmm. that we in China do not fall into the trap, perhaps of. Americans into a pure consumerism society. I don't think the world can sustain that. I agree.、Um, and、um, so I want to work towards that. Since I worked in fashion and design and promoted Chinese designers,、mm. so I think it's natural for me to add on sort of environmental concern and awareness on the way that we want to.、Um, We want we we want to tell people to、um, consume. So I I started this、um, club called the Better Life Club. Oh, cool!、Um, yeah, and so it's it's really fun. And so we do sort of events. We have、um, online events and offline events, and we partner up with people like WeWork and.、Mm-hmm. Um, Other、um, people who are environmentally conscious.、Um, yes. So we we we're just partnering up with a a conference called Humanity Plus. Okay. And it talks about AI and also environmental concerns. So that's one big part of my life.、Mm-hmm. Um, the other part is promoting、uh, women's aware awareness,、yes. mostly women's rights. And、mm-hmm. I was I was I was. Kind of、um, shocked about two years ago on the internet when I realized that most Chinese take women's rights to be a dirty word, right?、Um, and it means that women has the right to demand for material goods when they want to get married to a man.、Mm-hmm. It means women's rights means that a woman has the right to demand for a free apart for for an apartment,、mm-hmm. for a car, for a closet full of fancy bags and clothing. And and most Chinese, believe it or not, think that that's women's rights, and、wow. that's what women's rights movement is all about.、Oh, and、wow. I was. I was completely shocked when I heard that on the internet because I was promoting women's rights and say I'm a feminist. Of course, I, I'm, I'm for women's rights. And then I get all these like internet shaming、yeah. type of、um, messages that said, "Wong, that is disgusting. How can you promote such a materialism among women?" I'm like, "What? <laughs> That's outrageous." Yeah. It's pretty outrageous, yes. So, so, so that's now has also become another big part of my life. Right. So, of course, my biggest part of my life is my family and my daughter, particularly.、Mm. Yes, lovely. Yeah. In terms of women's rights,、um, one of the reasons I started Giant Sisters was because throughout history,、um, women's achievements、um, were either given the name of men. Or they were given the name of anonymous, or they weren't really even credited at all. So,、um, having a a place for women's voices and stories is really important. And um, um, I wish you like great success with the work you're doing in China.、Um, in terms of embracing the lessons from challenges that you've had, what challenges that you've experienced would have shaped you the most? I think you know. To be the thing that shaped me the most is to actually understand the cultural divide 
that we have between Chinese culture and Western culture. Right. And it is a completely different set of value system. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was quite aware of that because I left China when I was 12. and, And I was mostly educated in the West. So I think, especially in America, so I had this feeling that, you know, what I was taught in America was the right thing. And that was the only right thing Mm. Um, until I sort of um, started working with designers, working with retailers, uh, doing the fashion magazine and um, working with people who are dealing on women's issues. Then I realized that this is a totally different paradigm in China. We here grew up culturally differently. Mm. Um, There is no ethical issue in question. It's just two different society and two different cultural backgrounds. And they just have very different um, things um, on the priority list mean different things in China. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For example, you know, let's take truth, right? Um, I've met a lot of Chinese women who are very wealthy and very independent. They're, you know, entrepreneurs, top-notch, featured at international business conferences. But they all, you know, like Hillary Clinton, tolerate, you know, their husband's various flagrant um, adulterous um, behavior, though it's not as public as Bill Clinton's. But, Mm. you know, it is kind of like a common, sort of like a... um, common secret it's sort of like a public secret everybody knows that they their husbands had these affairs and even had illegitimate children but these women who are seemingly very powerful tend to accept that and i used to have a trouble understanding that and then i realized that in 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 the broader context of chinese culture that apparently was the right thing to do because you know, when the truth hurts that much, the balance is more important. Right. So in when you look at, you know, sort of Western TV series, almost everybody fights. The biggest fight always erupts when when lying is involved. You know, yes. you lied to me. You know, what's the truth in that? There's this like very diligent search for truth. Mm. Um in in the western culture but that is not it in china uh in china there's this desperate search for balance um everything has to seem to be perfectly balanced um and no ripples or big waves or things like that so Mm. i think we treasure we treat balance as important as Westerners would treat truth. Mm. And it's a very different equation. And under that equation, a lot of women are willing to keep the peace, so to speak. Yes, yes. That makes that makes a lot of sense. In terms of your hopes and dreams, you know, for the for the future of China and the world, um but what would that be i think for me 
we are in this very dramatic, turbulent, but extremely interesting age right now. Absolutely,、um, yes. It's not something that I would have foreseen, say, ten years ago or twenty years ago. Definitely not when I was in college.、Mm. Um, I think what I hope is that the internet will bring people together、yes. rather than apart. Absolutely. And 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 I am in many ways a socialist、mm-hmm. uh, in the fact that I think. The disparity that has been created by market economy is reaching a intolerable level right now. Yes, in two major countries, the United States and China. Yes, and that has its spillover effects on women, on men,、mm. not only on the poor people but also on the on 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 the rich. Um, and so I, I really think that that disparity needs to be dealt with, and I think internet is a good tool、mm. to deal with it.、Um, except one has to find the right method to use technology to achieve a certain kind of equilibrium、mm. um, in terms of society, and that's what、yeah. I hope. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's、uh, makes complete sense to me. In terms of, if you were to give、um, the women of the world listening a message about maybe their life or opportunities or you know things, would you have like a one message, one line that you'd give to women to think about? I think I would tell women that they can make any choice. They like in life, and still be a feminist. They don't need to be a powerful CEO. They don't need to be.、Um, they don't need. They don't. There is no stereotype for a feminist.、Mm. And if you adopt feministic values, it is best.、Uh, It's basically just being comfortable with yourself and who you are, but if you're in a heterosexual relationship, I think it is much better to marry a feminist rather than not. Absolutely, and I've had a, a talk with few people、um, recently, and the word feminist means different things to different people. What does it mean、um, for you, Huang, when you are thinking of that word? Well, I I I take it as a very broad sense of interpretation,、um, given the fact that I live in China and and work in China. So I think a feminist is basically somebody who believes that empowering women is very important. Yes. Who believes that women can achieve whatever men has achieved.、Mm. And should be awarded equal consideration in both society, politics, and culture, and that's about it. Agree. That's yeah, absolutely. Um, in in terms of projects and things that you're working on at the moment, I understand that you've recently been in Cannes working on a project with L'Oreal. Are you able to tell us a bit about that? 
Yeah, that was a very interesting project. Actually, it started out,、uh, you know, e-commerce is in st- on star- steroids、yes. in China. It's growing like madness. So basically, in the beginning,、um, the、um, the video was conceptualized as a content tool to bring in traffic. On the e-commerce channels for L'Oreal,、yeah. so L'Oreal, as you know, has、um, quite a number of international celebrities as their spokeswomen.、Mm. Um, so my job was to go to Cannes and interview、um, as many of them as I can, and certainly all the spokespeople from from China and who are Chinese. Um, and create this content, and then they will be featured on not only Chinese e-commerce sites like Tmall and JD.com, but also、um, on Chinese content sites like、mm. IT and Chinese social media, etc., etc. So it started out as a fairly commercial project, but I think the way we handled it, which I thought I was. Quite proud of was the fact that we didn't make it commercial. We argued that pure content will bring in more traffic than something that is totally laced up with、mm. um, product int- introduction or product placement、mm. and things like that. So we actually had like very in-depth interview of an hour with Chinese celebrities.、Um, In these internet age, it's very rare to talk to somebody for an hour because most people have an attention span of a three-year-old. <laughs> True. So it's really usually like one minute of conversation. Conversation. Let's switch to cartoon. You know, let's put bunny ears on all the guests. You know, so use a little AR. You know, and so so I just said, look, I just want a pure interview, and and so people can listen to what. These celebrities have to say about their life、mm. and how they have handled the challenges in their life. So I thought, I thought the result was really good. I think most people loved it. Fantastic. Because and most comments were like, "Wow, we haven't heard a long, in-depth interview for a long time. This is like the first time in ages." You know. So, so I think it's good. I think information. Some some traditional ways of dealing with information is still very valid. Yes, and sounding like people want a lot more authenticity in the content they want to read and consume and watch, right?、Um, and hey, you've been to New Zealand several times. What do you think? Of, yes. What did you think of New、yes. Zealand as a、um, place to visit and and spend time? Well, you. I think you New Zealanders are so lucky. Because it is the most beautiful country I've ever been to.、Mm. That's for sure. And you know, the first time I went there,、um, I was totally struck at how nice New Zealanders are. You know, as a Chinese、um, with a Chinese face, you go into any country in immigration, you have a look like, "What the hell are you doing here?" Right.、Um, <laughs> When I went to New Zealand, I have to say, maybe it was because the tourism bureau or they arranged someone. But I have to say, even the immigration officer was really nice. 
And I really liked it also that New Zealand is not a hierarchical country at all. True. That it's very flat socially. Um, I remember I was in Nelson, and at the time, the lady who took us around was the sister of the prime minister or someone like that. I was flabbergasted. I'm like, my God, you're royalty. You know, you're New Zealand royalty. And she was like, oh, no, we don't think of it this way. You know, I live in Nelson. I love it here. And, you know, you're here. And I love to show you all the artists and explain to you what this part is like. So it's so I love that part of it. And Mm. plus, you also have great wine, great food. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Oh, as you can tell. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we do have a reputation for being, I guess, polite, well-mannered. Um, in, in terms of um, telling yourself a message, um, your younger self a message, Huang, what would you, if you went to go back in a time machine and talk to your 20-year-old self, what would you, what would you tell her? I would probably tell her to plan her life a little bit more. Right. <laughs> in hindsight. Yeah. I mean, everything was okay. It was a great ride, but planning is important. Yes. And we in New Zealand, we are this year celebrating 125 years of women's suffrage, which is, you know, the right to vote. And as um, i talking to all my giant sisters, I'm saying, you know, what are you, what are your thoughts on the, um, the status quo in China and the, and the world for the rights and opportunities for women and girls? Um, I think, you know, I think the Me Too movement has definitely brought about a lot of attention to women and maybe even opportunity for women as well. Mm. Um, so, which is great. And I think um, it's great that we speak up. And I, But I think we're touching like a very, very sensitive nerve of society. Yes. Because I think male chauvinism and even to a certain extent misogyny has been part of international culture mm. for a very, very long time. Yes. And, and I think it will take more than just one Me Too movement. Um, to actually be to, to actually to get over this mm. this problem mm. um, but I think what is more important is women to be involved in powerful positions both economically and politically mm. and to be able to speak up for women this mm. is especially true in China because we don't have enough women in powerful positions with this is a country this is like one country that is totally run by men right and I think even they, even the women who enter politics, they have to be very butch, if you know what I mean. Yes. They have to be man-like, you know, they have to act like men. They yes. cannot dress up, they have to behave like men, they have to toe the line. Right. Um, so, so, I mean, there is no mistake in the gender of the Communist Party of China. It is male. Right. You know? Mm. And if I was to ask you, who, who are your inspiration, whether they be sheroes, heroes, heroes um, or people that have influenced you, either, um, you know, past or future, who, who are they? I'm always inspired by the music of Leonard Cohen. Yes. And his lyrics. I think it's, um, and I like the writing, for example, of John Irving. I like sort of good storyteller artists who are good storytellers yes but very thoughtful mm. and deeper 
uh, Susan Sontag, definitely. And um, so these are sort of people that I admire a lot. I think I read a lot of um, sort of feminist books and also, I, there's a Chinese writer who I admire a lot, who um, called Lin Yutang, and he existed. I mean, he passed away already, but he was probably the first person who could explain China to the West in English. Mm-hmm. And I've always—that's my dream, actually. I've always wanted to write the modern age definitive book in English, describing China the way I see it to non-Chinese, to English speakers or non-Chinese speakers. That would be phenomenal if you did that. Oh, no. I, I mean, that's that's my dream anyway. Well, hopefully you do it. Hopefully you have the time to do it. With all this, you're, seeing, yeah. you're doing so many wonderful things, Wang, and I want to really want to thank you so much for talking with us today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Joe, for inviting me on Giant Sisters, and um, I hope Giant Sisters will come to China one day. I hope so too, very soon. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.